2 Corinthians chapter number 7, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and uh, I always appreciate the worship, uh, the singing, the music here at Crossroads. Uh, I know you know, but you have a talented group of people uh, singing, a talented group of people uh, playing, but the thing I uh, appreciate most about them is not just the talent, and it's over the top. Uh, what's that verse that says, uh, yea, though I sing with the tongue of men and of angels and have not charity, uh, I'm become as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Uh, the love and the heart for God that they have blesses me. Uh, just watching them singing and worshiping the Lord together uh, and praise the Lord for that. I know that uh, after last night's sermon, the thing that's weighing on, on most of your minds is, and the answer is yes, uh, he has a brand new pair of pants on today. <laughs> brand new. And, and you say, boy, this is the weirdest Bible conference I've ever been to where the pastor talks about his pants every single night. I don't know, never been to a conference like that. And, and so we went to Belk's, and if you've ever, uh, it's been a while since I've uh, bought, usually, uh, 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 so it's been a while since I've gone off the rack and tried to find, uh, and you ever been there where you realize when it's been a while that um, the size that you usually get, now they're making that size smaller than they were making that? You ever been there? And I'm thinking, that must be a modern cut, a modern fit. And so I better try a different one. So I went out and got a different, uh, two or three more and, and tried them on. And yeah, that, these are still a little, must be that new slim you know, fit type, type thing. And, and so there's a dressing room at Belk's over uh, in Charlottesville that has 20 pair of pants hanging up in that dressing room uh, before I finally gave in and said, uh, maybe I should try the next size up. And it fit perfect. I don't know why that is, but... Um, I, I thought about leaving the tags on and going back tomorrow and getting a different color pair of pants, wearing them tomorrow night. Uh, I, I've never done that, but, but I thought about, I have to be honest, I thought about that today and just, uh, but uh, anyway, our, our passage tonight and tomorrow, um, I, I've decided to go the way of 2 Corinthians chapter 7. It's kind of a layered passage, a, a layered passage with an apparent truth. Uh, but then also kind of an embedded truth. Uh, and it's almost a contrast uh, of topics uh, that we're going to address uh, tonight, and then we're going to uh, lift that one layer off and address that tonight, and it's going to be about guilt, uh, and then uh, talk about that. Not a secondary, not a secondary. Both of these are very important. It's just uh, one of them's easier to see than the other one. Uh, we're going to look at uh, both of them tonight and then uh, tomorrow night, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, there's three main characters in the passage. There's Paul, there's Titus, and the church of Corinth. Paul and Titus and the church of Corinth. And, and I think kind of as an overview, uh, understand to them he was very pointed. About them he was very positive. To them, the church at Corinth, he was very pointed um, faithful are the wounds of a friend to them, to that church, very pointed. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, you're divisive. Chapter 3, you're carnal. Uh, chapter 5, you're immoral. Uh, 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 chapter uh, 8, you're parading your preferences around uh, publicly. Chapter 6, uh, you're taking each other to, 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 uh, to court, uh, Christian with Christian. In ch chapter 11, uh, you're perverting the Lord's Supper. Chapter 14, uh, you have doctrinal error. To them, he was very pointed. But about them, to Titus, we'll see it tomorrow night, 
Uh, about them, he was very positive. Uh, and so let's look at that first layer tonight, uh, how he was pointed um, uh, as iron sharpeneth iron. Uh, all of us need a friend that's willing to tell us, no, uh, you're wrong. Uh, someone that, that tells us the truth, we need that. And uh, uh, Paul was that to them. Uh, and look at verse number three as he kind of summarizes. He says, I speak not this to condemn you, for I have said before that you are in our hearts to die and live with you. My goal is not to grate you. Uh, my, do- my goal is not to guilt you. Uh, look at verse number eight. For though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent. Though I did repent, uh, for I perceive that the same epistle hath made you sorry, though uh, it were but for a season. Now, uh, I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrow to repentance. That's the third time. Repent, repent, uh, repentance. For uh, ye uh, uh, word made, made sorry after a godly matter that, you might, uh, manner that you might receive damage by us nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Boy, repentance, four times. Uh, Noah preached it. Jeremiah preached it. Ezekiel preached it. Uh, Simon Peter preached it. John the Baptist preached it. Uh, Jesus preached it. And here Paul's talking about it. Uh, But his goal isn't repentance. Uh, His goal isn't just repentance. Uh, Paul's goal, he said, boy, I'm not uh, doing this to grate you. I'm not doing this to guilt you. Uh, And and just kind of explanation, and we're going to get down to that that topic of guilt, but, but, but understand this process. Step number one, uh, godly sorrow. Uh, step number two, that worketh repentance. Uh, step number three, to salvation. Uh, the sorrow is an emotion, that repentance is an action, that uh, salvation is a destination. And so uh, basically he's saying, hey, my goal wasn't to bring you guilt. My goal wasn't to, to, to uh, be heavy on you. My goal was to bring you to God. My goal was to get you under God's grace. That was my goal. And it's a godly sorrow when it works a godly repentance. It's a godly repentance when it brings us back to God. And so sorrow wasn't the goal, just bumming them out, just making them feel bad. But a godly sorrow that worketh repentance. But repentance wasn't the goal. It was a repentance to salvation to salvation. In fact, write it down if you will. Still introduction, the process. It's not just turning from something, but turning to someone. It's not just turning from something, uh, it's turning to someone. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. To salvation, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. But it wasn't just about uh, stop doing that and stop doing that and stop doing that and uh, New Year's resolution, New Year's resolution, turning over a new leaf, turning over a new leaf, turning over a new leaf. Uh, It's not just about uh, turning from something. Uh, It's about turning to someone, Uh, a godly sorrow that worketh a godly repentance that brings us back to God. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. There's two people that portray this almost perfectly. Uh, Two guys that uh, had a lot in common. They uh, were from the same area. They followed the same person, surrounded by the same friends, 11 uh, uh, friends. And uh, 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 and, and so 
if you take the two, ten other friends, and uh, taught by the same pastor, they, they were a part of the same congregation, uh, but where uh, one had a worldly sorrow that worked death, the other had a godly sorrow that worked a godly repentance that brought him back to God. Same sin. Judas uh, betrayed the Lord. Same sin. Peter betrayed the Lord. Uh, Judas uh, betrayed the Lord. Uh, Peter denied the Lord three times. Uh, in fact, they were tagged uh, with the same tag when in John chapter 6 uh, to Judas Christ said have not I chosen you 12 and one of you is a devil a devil uh, well that was kind of hard that was a little pointed to, to Judas uh, he said almost the exact same thing to Simon Peter when he turned and said to him get thee behind me Satan uh, uh, you have a devil. I'd almost rather have been Judas at that time. Well, okay, I have a devil, but I'm not the devil. Uh, where uh, to Peter it was, get thee behind me, Satan, Satan, uh, for thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Hey, all I'm trying to say is they're almost mirror images. Uh, same area, same congregation, heard the same preaching, same ministry, having the same friends, uh, same pastor, took part uh, in the same ministry, both connected by similar words, both committing the, the almost identical sin. Hey, they both had sorrow, and I propose that they both had repentance, but two totally different kinds. Two totally, totally different kinds of sorrow. For Judas, look at it in Matthew 27. I, I think it's on the screens. If it's not, turn quickly to Matthew 27, uh, verse number 1. Uh, when the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. Judas already betrayed him. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was re condemned, repented himself. It's Matthew 27, uh, verse number 3. Uh, I know it's not on the screens because I never gave it to them to put on. The, anyway, it's my fault. Uh, but, but he repented himself. He repented but he had sorrow, he had guilt, uh, and he had repentance. He repented himself uh, and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood, sorrowing. Uh, and they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. Uh, and he cast down the pieces of silver into the temple, departed, uh, and went and hanged himself. He had sorrow, bad feelings, uh, regret, guilty conscience, Convicted soul. Uh, he not only regretted, he also repented. He repented. He repented himself, uh, or I think he repented in himself. And we know that he wouldn't ever do it again, casting that silver into the temple. Uh, he couldn't go in to retrieve that. Uh, but it wasn't a godly sorrow that brought a godly repentance that, that brought him back to God. But the sorrow of the world that worketh death the sorrow of the world, the, the repentance of the world. Uh, he repented from something. He did not repent to someone. Uh, now the comparison, we have Judas on uh, the one hand who uh, sorrowed and repented, but uh, not to God. Uh, but then we have Simon Peter. Simon Peter, same background. Uh, Simon Peter, same church, basically, congregation, basically, heard same preaching, same pastor, same group of friends, uh, basically, and denied the Lord three times uh, and when that rooster crowed, Peter remembered the word uh, which Jesus said unto him, before the cock crowed, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and sorrowed. Uh, and he went out and wept bitterly. But Judas did that too, didn't he? He sorrowed. 
Well, he was guilty. Uh, he had remorse. Uh, but where Judas repented himself or in himself or simply turned over a new leaf, uh, simply repented of something, hey, the next time we see Simon Peter, uh, he's running as fast as he can to the tomb where Jesus Christ lay. Uh, the next time we see Simon Peter, boy, uh, on that boat when John said, uh, it's the Lord, dove into the water, swam to shore, running to the Lord, uh, not just repenting from something, uh, he was repenting to someone. Uh, and that's the process. Still an introduction. Put down number two, the goal. The goal. Uh, we're going to get to guilt. Just stay with me. The process. Uh, it's not just repenting from something. It's repenting to someone. Uh, put down number next. The goal. It's not just cleanness, but closeness. The goal. It's not just cleanness, but closeness, which in turn will bring cleanness. Uh, it's a lot like the uh, Pharisees who uh, were like whited sepulchers which indeed appear beautiful without uh, to men, but within. Cleanse first the inside of the cup, that, that, that the outside may be clean also. Uh, and the way the inside is cleansed is by Jesus Christ coming into our life uh, and him transforming our life. And so it's not just turning from something, but turning to someone. Uh, it, it's not just cleanness, it's closeness, say, godly sorrow that works a godly repentance to salvation, a godly repentance that brings us to God. Uh, that's why, in my opinion, any uh, addictions program that's not Christ-centered is incomplete. And it gives temporary help. I get that. And, and a lot of people have been helped by that and praise the Lord for that. But, but uh, if that addictions program never gets you to the Lord Jesus Christ, well, you end up becoming addicted to recovery, uh, addicted to recovery, uh, rather than addicted to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's not just about, uh, about turning from something, uh, it's about turning to someone. It's not just about uh, a cleanness, uh, it's, it's, it's really all about closeness, which in turn does bring cleanness. And then number three, write it down, uh, the goal, the goal, uh, the goal, the world sorrow uh, results in remorse. A, a godly sorrow results in a relationship. Uh, the world sorrow results in guilt. Uh, a godly sorrow results in grace. Now, uh, don't forget our comparison is Judas and Simon Peter. Remember, uh, a Judas, almost the exact same sin as Simon Peter, uh, had regret. He had remorse, but, but he repented in himself. Uh, he didn't repent to the Lord. Uh, he didn't run to the Lord. Uh, he repented in himself, uh, and he went out and hung himself uh, on a tree. He hung himself uh, on a tree in verse number 5 of Matthew 27, and he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple, departed, and went and hanged himself uh, on a tree. But, but what about Simon Peter? Uh, Simon Peter, same sin, same regret, uh, same repentance, but instead of hanging himself on a tree, he placed his faith in someone who hung himself on that tree who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. 
And so Judas, oh yes, he had sorrow, and oh yes, he had repentance, but it was in himself, it was to himself, churning over a new leaf, it was about getting rid of and cleaning up his hack. He never deepened and developed that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and for Simon Peter, he embraced the one, ran to the one. Uh, He absolutely trusted uh, and relied upon the one. Uh, Not like Judas hanging himself on a tree. Uh, He he put his faith in the one that hung himself uh, on the tree. Uh, We're going to get down to guilt. Guilt. Boy, so many times people are are crucifying themselves because of something they did just yesterday. Something they did just a year ago. Something they did just ten years ago. Um, and, and just transparently, I think all of us have been there. Man, if I wouldn't have done that, I still have guilt about that. Uh, crucifying ourselves, crucifying ourselves. Uh, when we need to realize someone has already been crucified for us, uh, someone has already been crucified for that sin, uh, for that mistake, uh, for that guilt that we still carry. Hey, trust the one who's already been crucified for us. Uh, we, 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 so many times we beat ourselves up. Uh, not realizing, not trusting the one who was beat up for us, blackened and bruised and, and bloodied. We get uh, hung up on our past uh, rather than trusting the one that, that was hung up for our sins. Uh, verse number nine, and now I rejoice not that you were made sorry. It's not just about sorrow, but that ye sorrowed to repentance, to repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that you might receive damage by us and nothing. For a godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. To salvation, to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. And so the big question to me is, how do I tell the difference between the world's sorrow and the Holy Spirit's conviction? How do I tell the difference between Something that I'm carrying, that guilt, that, that regret, man, I blew it. I, I just, yesterday, just last year, just when I was, when I was 18 years old, that, that, that guilt, that guilt. And by the way, the devil is a master of taking our past uh, and with it crippling our future. He's a master at it. Uh, isn't he called in Revelation the accuser of the brethren? Uh, not the false accuser but the accuser of the brethren and the devil, man, in your ear, just reminding you, reminding you, reminding you, reminding you. Boy, he's a master at, at crippling our future by beating us over the head with our past. And so uh, how do I know the difference between a, 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 a worldly guilt and a godly sorrow? Boy, it makes a big difference between life and death. Uh, makes a big difference between joy and, uh, and, and guilt. Makes a, makes a big difference between a transformed life and just trying to reform again, just trying to change again, just trying to, trying to do it in my own strength again. Uh, and so how do I tell the difference? Put down point number one, if you will. Clarify the guilt. Clarify the guilt. I really want to get uh, this very practical. Clarify the guilt. Is it true Holy Spirit conviction uh, or is it the world's guilt? Uh, Is it from God or is it from the devil? Clarify the guilt. Clarify the guilt. Uh, How can I tell whether it's from God or uh, whether it's from the world? Uh, And so the first question that I ask myself in clarifying the guilt, number one, is it vague or specific? Is it vague or specific? Uh, A lot of times when you ask someone, 
um, um, why am I feeling guilty? Or uh, why, why are you feeling guilty? And uh, if there's really no answer to it, I, I'm not even really sure. It's just kind of a cloud of guilt, uh, kind of a fog of guilt. Uh, typically, when it's a cloud of guilt or a fog of guilt, uh, it's not the Holy Spirit of God. Boy, it's the devil uh, trying to just oppress. Uh, the Holy Spirit of God is like a laser pointer. I mean, uh, he can get incredibly specific uh, with you, uh, and typically you'll know exactly what that's about. Uh, almost always, if it's a vague feeling or a just kind of a general feeling of guilt, uh, it's the devil's false guilt. It's the world's guilt. Uh, it's not a godly sorrow that worketh repentance because you can't repent from something that's just kind of vague, just kind of a fog. Uh, and God's always specific enough uh, for us to be able to repent from that sin, to repent from that sin. Uh, you ever have one of those days where, uh, yeah, you blew it, you blew it, and then you come into church and, uh, and the Sunday school teacher's teaching right on it. You ever been there? Uh, oh, man, I don't know if God was talking to me or not, but I'm glad I'm in church. Uh, and next thing you know, the preacher's preaching right on it. You ever been there? And then you turn the radio on on the way home, a song, and uh, there's a song or, or some uh, commentary about that song that is, I mean, it's right on it. And then uh, the, the next day you're reading the Bible, uh, and the Bible verse is just right on it. And, hey, that's the Holy Spirit of God. He's very specific uh, to the point that uh, a godly sorrow that uh, works a godly repentance that, that brings us back to God. Uh, if it's just vague, if it's just kind of a general malaise of, uh, of a fog of guilt, Hey, the Holy Spirit of God, it's like a laser pointer. Uh, remember David uh, when he committed adultery with Bathsheba and then uh, murdered Uriah the Hittite and uh, he thought he got away with it. He thought he got away with it when he uh, tried to pass the baby off as uh, Uriah the Hittite's baby and then uh, sent him to battle and had him killed. And then uh, remember a, a, a while later when Nathan showed up, the prophet, uh, and Nathan uh, brought him in to this, about this story, about this rich uh, shepherd had all these sheep, and then uh, a, a traveler came, a visitor came, and he stole that one uh, sheep from across the street. Uh, anybody remember the story? It's, it's Bathsheba and uh, Uriah the Hittite. Am I getting that right? Uh, getting that right? Uh, you're look at, looking at me like I'm getting that wrong. Anyway, uh, and so uh, Nathan tells that story, and David is just uh, with that skeleton rattling around uh, on the inside, not confessed, not repented of. Uh, and, and then uh, he said, uh, that person has to die, uh, and that person has to pay back uh, fourfold, and uh, overstating the penalty because there was a, a skeleton rattling around in his closet. Uh, remember, I can almost see Nathan taking a step forward, taking his one finger and saying, thou and in my mind, he's hitting him on the chest. I don't know if he is or not, uh, but I guarantee you it was hitting him in the heart even firmer than that. Thou art the man. And so if it's specific, boy, it's because of this action that I did. It's because of this sin that I committed. Uh, if it's specific, it's probably the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, if it's just kind of a general, a, a fog, I, I just, man, I just, you know, I just, you know, I can't get my hands on it. But, but, but so clarifying the guilt, uh, clarifying the guilt, uh, Proverbs 28, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but uh, whoso confesseth and forsaketh them. Uh, it has to be specific enough for me to confess, uh, and it has to be specific enough for me to, to repent of it. And so clarifying the guilt, number one, I ask myself, is it vague or is it specific? Clarifying the guilt. Number two, 
is it pointing me to God or is it pushing me away from God? Is it pointing me to God or is it pushing me away from God? Peter and Judas, hey, they both blew it. Uh, Peter and Judas, uh, almost the exact same sin. Uh, Peter and Judas, sorrow, uh, regret, remorse. Uh, one of them repented, the other one uh, repented. Uh, but one was a guilt that was uh, pushing him to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the other was a guilt that was pushing him away from the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, uh, the whole goal of the devil's guilt uh, is to drive a wedge between you and God. Uh, is to try to make you feel like you're too dirty to read the Bible. Uh, I'm just too guilty to go to church. Uh, and by the way, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Uh, but but uh, if it's the accuser of the brethren, uh, just kind of oppressing, just kind of that, that dark cloud over you, uh, is it vague or specific? Uh, is it pointing me to God, or is it pushing me away from God? Uh, his goal is to drive that wedge, uh, but the goal of the Holy Spirit of God is to bring you back into a relationship with him. Uh, verse number nine, uh, now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance, to repentance, to repentance. Now understand a godly repentance brings you back to God. Uh, it's not just repenting to go another wrong way, uh, repenting to go a different wrong way. Uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, to our own way. Uh, and it may not be a satanic way, but any way other than God's way is the wrong way. And so the guilt and the repentance uh, if it's not pointing you to the Lord Jesus Christ, deepening your relationship uh, with him, understand uh, the Holy Spirit always points us to the Bible. The Holy Spirit always points us to the Lord Jesus Christ. It always points us to the Bible, uh, and it always, okay, to the Bible, John 16, 13. Uh, the Spirit of truth has come. When, when it, he has come, uh, he'll guide you into all truth. John 14, the Holy Ghost whom the Father has uh, sent in my name, uh, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance uh, whatsoever I have said unto you. Uh, the Holy Spirit points you to the Bible, to the Bible, to the Bible, to the Bible. Uh, uh, and the Holy Spirit always points you to the Lord Jesus Christ to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, John 15, the spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. He shall testify of me. John 16, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you in all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But uh, whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he'll show you things to come. He shall glorify me. And so the question is, does your guilt make you feel unworthy to pray? Does your guilt make you feel like, man, just not, I'm not going to read my Bible today. Uh, it's too bright of a light. I, 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 I'm shying away from church, and I'm shying away from church. Hey, that may not be the Holy Spirit of God. That may be the devil oppressing you. Uh, his goal is to push you uh, away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Or, or uh, the sweet conviction of the Holy Spirit of God that makes us want to run back to him. Boy, it's not a harsh father yelling at you. It's our heavenly father with a prodigal son, arms open wide, loving on you. It's not a harsh dad yelling at you. It's a loving heavenly father warmly embracing you, welcoming you, wanting you back into that relationship with him. And so we're clarifying the guilt. 
uh, clarifying the guilt. Number one, is it vague or specific? Uh, number two, is it pointing me to God or is it pushing me away from God? Uh, number three, write it down. Uh, is it based on God's word or man's word? Uh, is it based on God's word or man's rules? Uh, listen, the Holy Spirit, when he convicts, usually has a Bible verse attached to it. <laughs> uh, you can usually, boy, that verse, that verse, yeah, that verse, that's why, uh, that verse, and uh, that's the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, if it's uh, a man's rules, and, and yes, I understand authority and that uh, we give deference to authority and we yield to authority, and uh, the sin there, if we break man's rules, is not uh, the rule, but that we're not uh, submitting and giving deference to authority, but, but it's all always going to be tied to God's word, God's word, uh, not necessarily man's rules. Titus, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth, that turn from God. Let me ask the first question, fourth one. Uh, we're clarifying, is it uh, the world, the, the, uh, the sorrow of the world that worketh death, or is it a godly sorrow that worketh salvation, uh, uh, repentance to salvation? Uh, is it the world's sorrow, the world's guilt, uh, or is it the Holy Spirit of God? Is it vague or specific? Does it point me to God or push me away from God? Uh, is it based on God's word or is it based on man's rules? Number four, have I confessed it or have I covered it? Have I confessed it or have I covered it? Proverbs 28, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. If you're still feeling guilty about something that you did yesterday or last year or 10 years ago and you've already confessed it, that's not the Holy Spirit of God. If it's something that you've sinned, I don't care how big it is. I don't care how bad it is. The one thing I know is God's grace is so much bigger than that. And if I've already confessed it yesterday or confessed it last year or confessed it 10 years ago and I still feel guilty about it, why, that's not the Holy Spirit of God. That's the devil riding on your shoulder. In fact, Hebrews chapter 8 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. Will I remember no more? We remember our confessed sins a lot longer than God does. We remember our confessed sins a lot longer than God does. Uh, and if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, that one you confessed yesterday, he's already forgiven it. He's already cleansed it uh, last year. Uh, already forgiven it, already cleansed it. Uh, in fact, he said, I, I will remember them no more, but we end up rehearsing it and replaying it and that guilt and, man, I, I blew it, that regret and uh, that, that remorse. And, mm, man, I can't believe that I did that. Boy, that's not the Holy Spirit making you feel guilty. Uh, that's the devil oppressing and riding on your shoulder. And it's a big difference. A big difference between the two. It's a difference between life and death. A difference between happiness and sorrow. A difference between joy and guilt. A difference between victory and defeat. By the way, that guilt on the inside is like we had a warning light on the dashboard of our car come on. Anyone ever have one of those? Um, and a lot of times it's... Uh, 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 
uh, low fuel, find a gas station. Usually for me, I can go five more miles. I know I can. Uh, and, and, uh, but but uh, when you get that, that guilt, that guilt is like that warning light, that warning light, that warning light, that service engine tune light. Uh, you can either ignore it um, uh, and put tape over it, ignore it. Uh, uh, but eventually, that warning light's going to catch up with you. Uh, you can pretend like it's not there, and that's just, you know, that's just, uh, you know, it's decoration on the car. It does that every once in a while for me. That, that flashing red light that it has, you can uh, ignore it. You can pretend it's not there. Uh, you can cover it up with that tape, uh, or, or you can do something about it. Uh, and when it comes to guilt, uh, we need to do something about it. Number one, clarify the guilt. Is it vague, specific, pointing me to God, away from God? Based on God's word or man's rules, have I confessed it or have I covered it? Uh, clarify the guilt. And number two, write it down, confess the sin. Confess the sin. Uh, if I'm feeling guilty about something that I have yet to confess, uh, again, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if it's the devil's guilt, the sin we need to confess is that we're not trusting the graciousness of God. We're not trusting the Word of God. Uh, if I've already confessed it, then, and I'm still feeling guilty about it, uh, then the sin that I need to confess is, God, I'm sorry that, that, that I haven't trusted the fact that uh, if we confess our sins, He is faithful. Would you say that with me? He is faithful. Would you say that with me? He is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful and just, and just. Jesus Christ has already died for that sin, already shed his blood for that sin. He's faithful, he's just. And so uh, if it's the, the Holy Spirit conviction about a sin that's yet to be confessed, I need to get alone with God and just say, God, man, I blew it. Uh, I agree it's sin, I confess it. Uh, I, 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 I confess my sin to you. Uh, but uh, if we've already confessed it, what we need to confess is uh, that we're not having confidence in that he's faithful and just. He's faithful and just. He's faithful and just. Right up here. Uh, we end up putting more emphasis on our part of that verse rather than God's part of that verse. Uh, if we confess that sin, did I, do, did I do it sincerely? Did I really mean it? Uh, did I really ask the right way? Uh, did I really, uh, uh, did I uh, really have that moment where, uh, uh, no, I really, 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 really confess? Uh, yeah, the first part's important, that's our part, but the second part is so much more important. He's faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Put down number three, put down number three, uh, the uh, uh, sorrow of the world that worketh death or uh, a godly sorrow that works a godly repentance that brings us back to God. Clarify which it is by those questions. Uh, and then confess the sin. Confess the sin. Uh, either the sin that was yet to be confessed or uh, the sin of not trusting his character, which brings us to point number three. Have confidence in the character of God. Have confidence in the character of God. Uh, rather than emphasizing our part, our part, uh, our part, did I do it right? Did I do it right? Did I really mean it? Uh, how did I say it? How did I confess it? Uh, rather than having confidence in our part, uh, we need to make sure we have confidence that we have a gracious and a merciful and a loving God. In fact, Micah chapter 7, verse number 18, 
Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity? Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity? At the end of the verse it says, because he delighteth in mercy. He delighteth in mercy. Uh, We get this dread of God here. I'm here again. Uh, I'm here to confess that sin again. Uh, I'm here to confess again. Uh, And and it's almost, we're, we're, you know, almost sheep. And I, I think that's a good thing. Uh, It's a good thing, that godly sorrow, Uh, but God's up in heaven. He's delighting in pouring out grace, delighting in pouring out mercy. Uh, He can't wait to forgive that sin. Boy, we have a gracious and a loving and a forgiving God. I don't know how many people that have had their futures crippled because of some event, something they did. And yeah, it may be bad, Uh, but can I say this? I don't care how bad it was. Uh, how far you've strayed. Uh, It doesn't matter to me because I know how loving and merciful and gracious he is. There's a story about little Johnny and his sister that uh, every summer would spend time with his grandmother and grandma. uh, And uh, they looked forward to it every summer. She had a big uh, farm, her and grandpa. And uh, they would be able to help with chores, do different things. But mostly they'd be able to play in those acres and acres of uh, just expanse. And uh, this one summer, uh, little Johnny, who had gotten the new BB gun, uh, was just kind of shooting at everything, just trees and everything. And it was about the first week of that summer when, when he just saw uh, this duck uh, just kind of uh, cracking by and uh, uh, walking by. And, and just without even thinking, he, he, he drew down on that duck and he shot it. And wouldn't you know, it was a uh, bullseye. That duck fell flat, uh, died. Uh, and boy, he knew he was in trouble. Uh, it's the duck. I killed the duck. Oh, no. Uh, grandmother, if she sees that, and uh, he went and he uh, grabbed that duck and squeaked as he could. He looked around, make sure no one was watching. Uh, he went behind the wood pile and he started digging and he buried, buried that duck, patted the dirt down, and uh, there, there was covered. Uh, no one could tell that, there, that, I, that I buried it there. And he looked up and, and, and there was sister who saw the entire thing. And for the rest of the summer, it wasn't him enjoying summer, it was him being a slave to his sister. <laughs> Because anytime grandma would say, hey, would one of you help clean off the table? Uh, Sister would say, Johnny wants to clean off the table. Don't you, Johnny? Remember the duck. Remember the duck. Whispering to him. Uh, uh, Why don't you clean up uh, 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 your rooms and make the beds? And uh, uh, Sister would say, Johnny wants to do that. Johnny wants to do that. Don't you, Johnny? Uh, Remember the duck. I mean, uh, every single time, every single time, every single time. Remember the duck. Remember the duck. And uh, until Johnny just got so worn down, just so beaten down and oppressed by his sister, uh, who had that knowledge, that that, uh, oppressing him with that guilt. And then finally one day when uh, breakfast was done and Grandma said, hey, will one of you clean off the table? And, and sister said, uh, Johnny wants to clean off the table, don't you? And no, I don't want to. He started marching to the front door and, hey, remember the duck, remember the duck. And, and Johnny stopped and told his sister, I talked to grandmother and told her everything last night. I told her about every single thing, about killing the duck, burying the duck, hiding the duck. And grandmother has forgiven me of everything. I'm not your slave anymore. I'm not your slave anymore. I dare say there's Christians just scattered all over the auditorium. Um, I, I dare say that I've been under the oppression at times of remember the duck, remember the duck. And God doesn't want us to live that way. 
God doesn't want us to live with that dark cloud and that, that regret, that sorrow of the world that worketh death, sorrow of the world that worketh death. But he wants us to have a clean, close relationship with him. And the Holy Spirit of God isn't a father yelling at us. The Holy Spirit of God uh, is a loving, heavenly dove that's drawing us. And so once you clarify that guilt, uh, we need to confess the sin, uh, but then have confidence in who our heavenly, merciful, gracious Father who delights in mercy. He delights in mercy of who he is. And listen, if you do have that guilt, uh, one of two things, either confess the sin, confess it, only you know if you have. Confess the sin or confess your lack of confidence that you have in the character of God. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just. Lord, thank you for this passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, where Paul, who was very pointed to them, the church at Corinth, uh, you're divisive, you're carnal, chapter 3, you're immoral, chapter 5, chapter 6, you're uh, taking each other to court, chapter 8, you're parading your preferences proudly, and then chapter 11, you're perverting the Lord's Supper. He was, he was pointed to them, he was pointed to them, uh, but then he quickly said, uh, I said these things not so that you would sorrow, it, it wasn't to grate you, it wasn't to guilt you, it was to bring you back to God. It was to bring you back under the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the sorrow of the world, that guilt of the world that makes us feel too dirty, makes us feel like we've gone too far, makes us feel like we've done something too big. No matter how big the sin, the grace of our Heavenly Father is so much greater. Lord, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being just. And thank you for the forgiveness and the pardon and the mercy that you extend to us. If there is someone here tonight who's never experienced the grace of salvation, boy, tonight's a good night to know for sure that you're on your way to heaven. But it's the same grace for salvation God extends to us on a day-by-day -day as we live the Christian life. Don't let the accuser of the brethren uh, take up residency uh, on your shoulder, reminding you, reminding you, reminding you. Boy, run into the loving arms, the gracious, loving arms uh, of the Heavenly Father. Lord, thank you for being our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Tim is going to come and lead us in a song.